Um, FYI, I'm not drinking right now just because I didn't really fucking feel like it, to be honest. But I also don't have my, like, little dab pen with me. So I have this, well, I have this torch. Oh. So <laughs> I'm telling you that I'm going to be using it and it's going to be distracting. And I'm going to try not okay. to use it. Um, I'll try to, like, do it in a pause moment so it's not too distracting. At first, I thought you were going to tell me that you are going to do this sober, and I was going to have a problem with that. <laughs> oh, no. Don't. Oh, no, 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 no. You okay. know me. Whew, thank God. I just, right. didn't, well, I just didn't feel like alcohol. <laughs> That's totally fine. Doesn't matter. As long as there's some substance, I'm all for it. So guess what I did this weekend? Did you hang out with Drew? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that is one of the things I'm going to talk about. Okay. Um, the last thing that you'll probably never guess is I found out that Northern Michigan University has a fucking body farm where you can donate your body to decomposition. <laughs> and I was so excited because apparently there's only like like nine or something of these research facilities in mm -hmm. the world. And so it's like super rare. And the one in Northern Michigan is the one that kind of studies, you know, what happens to the body in colder climates. And so I downloaded a self donation form and I started filling it out. Oh, and I'm so fucking excited that there is a body farm in literally my home state. Like I couldn't be more happy. <laughs> I, I totally support this. I fully support this decision. I always said the same thing, though. I would donate my body to science. I've said that since, like, I was in middle school or high school or some shit. So I've always been that exactly. way. Exactly. Me too. And, yeah, because it's like, why not make use out of something that's mm -hmm. just going to, like, take up space in the ground and be dumb? But, like, could you imagine, like, being a skeleton in an, like, anatomy lab? Like, oh, my God, you can do so many, like, cool things with your body once it dies. And... I'm just finally going to make myself useful. useful. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to take me dying to do so. So I'm super fucking excited to die. <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. Ugh. Oh, my God. But yeah, anyways. So another thing that I did this weekend was I hung out with Drew and his girlfriend. And so I was just sitting in my chair waiting for them to get here, and they get here. Oh my god, that is... <laughs> I know! I hear it. <laughs> I'm sorry! Oh my god, I didn't think it was going to be that distracting! It was uh, like, just like a... <laughs> god damn it! <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, so I was um, waiting for them to get here, and they got here, and they wanted to come to my apartment, because I was like, I can just meet you guys somewhere, and they're like, no, we want to see Pumpkin, I was like obviously. So then they stayed at my apartment for a little bit and, you know, we just had to like make conversation and like none of us like figured out what we we're going to do. We just knew we we're going to hang out. And then at some point we'd probably get a drink, but it was like, they got here at like 11. And so it's like still too early to really. Oh, 11 a.m. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They got yeah. here early. Yeah. You're not going to drink so, at 11. I, yeah. And so I was like, oh, we're really doing a we're really doing a whole day thing, huh? A sober hang. Yeah. Yeah, literally, I had to hang out with them sober for the majority of it. I was like, this is rough. We ended up going to a fucking museum together. And I was like, this is a weird use of our time together. <laughs> I 
because I was like, like you don't really talk in the museum. Like you just kind mm-hmm. of admire. And since when does work. Drew go to museums? I know. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> and I was like, this is also like, it, it's just something very random for us all to do together. And then, so we went to the museum. Pretty boring. I mean, it was kind of cool. I got yelled at for touching an exhibit. And then I felt it was right in the beginning, too. And I was like, I want to leave. Oh, just like the time when I, when uh, Anna and I went to that haunted, that museum of haunted objects. Did I tell you that I touched a haunted yeah. object by X? Like, I totally fucking, yeah. I didn't mean to. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because, so at this exhibit, it was like one of those, like, um, I don't know what it was called, but it was almost like. Uh, you know, like a file thing where it had all these like species of plants and then like there's descriptors and they're like on index cards and there's like thousands and thousands of them and the drawers are just like out. And so I just started pulling index cards out like, oh, this is a cool like informational. And then apparently you weren't supposed to do that. And so I got yelled at and I was like, I'm uncomfortable. But by the end of it, I was just so tired because, like, that was the first time I hung out with someone in, like... Oh, yeah. It's so exhausting, ages. like, socially. Yeah. 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 And I just, like, I couldn't do anything for the rest of the day. I was like, I'm drained. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't do shit for the rest of the day besides, you know, play, play a little bit of Zoot Tycoon. <laughs> Recharge uh, a little bit. <laughs> I haven't played um, in a while. I've been busy yeah. with, the, you know, editing and stuff like that. And then also I've been kind of starting to think about roller coaster tycoon yeah <laughs> and i've really been considering getting on that also yes yes i agree because i mean i definitely haven't been playing zoo tycoon as much as i was the previous week like the the thrill factor isn't as much there as it used mm-hmm. to be but yeah it's kind of something i do every now and again but yeah roller t- coaster tycoon we should see if uh have you looked in? S- I've been looking into it already. Uh, <laughs> so, have you found anything? Uh, well, you can you can buy actual copies of the game and digitally download them through Steam. Uh, oh. oh yeah, yeah, online. But but maybe I'll find a free one out there, yeah. anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I forgot that we're supposed to be doing a podcast. I know. I was like, fuck, we're already so far in. But do you have any other updates for me before we get started? I don't think I had any to begin with. I think you you led the updates on this one. I did. I did. Yeah, I didn't didn't think I had anything anyways. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't really, like, left my apartment to do anything. I had had to take my cart to the shop for, like, the 15th millionth time or whatever. Um, Because it had to go in this morning but i had a work appointment at, like early this morning so i couldn't get it to the shop this morning so i took it in sunday and walked home because anna was working and there's no such thing as uber and lyft in this town like <laughs> it, it, there's uber like there's doordash drivers and sometimes there's uber eats drivers but like nobody actually drives for uber or lyft yeah. around here so <laughs> jesus christ i had to walk home and it's how far about, was it about a little over four miles so it took me an hour and a half Oh roughly, my God. <laughs> but I took a detour Rough. through the cemetery, so it was. All I right. saw that snap. That was it. Yeah. was a good snap. But it was Love so fucking cold and windy, and I ate oh. sh- nearly ate shit <laughs> twice. <laughs> nearly. <laughs> oh God! Classic yeah. move. <laughs> I know. 
And yeah, just me being too stubborn to like ask anybody for a ride. And also I don't really know anybody and like, yeah, give me a ride anyways. So I'm like, it's just an hour and a half walk. (laughs) So what? Yep. I feel that. I would have done the exact same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Like not trying to uh... inconvenience anyone. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just inconvenience myself for a long period, but whatever. You made it. (laughs) You've moved on. Yep. All right, should we should we, we gotta, finally get in? I know, we gotta introduce ourselves. All right, so I'm Jesse And I'm Erin, and we're the Cage Queens. All right, now, just relax. All right, Erin, what movie are we talking about today? Uh, we watched Vampire's Kiss, which was um, a hard left turn from the last one we watched, which was Moonstruck, a romantic comedy, might I add. So Vampire's Kiss, uh, 1988, is about this, uh, he's like a literary guy, I I don't know exactly Mm -hmm. what his job is, but it's Nick Cage, he plays Peter, um, kind of plays, has this, like, pretentious job in a literary office, and... He likes to go out at night and, like, you know, sleep with women and have a good time and, you know, just really go all out. And uh, one of these nights, he goes home with a girl who uh, is kind of kinky, apparently, and is into some (laughs) some, uh, biting. And he he apparently has some pre-existing psychosis issues that he he goes into regularly with his therapist and... uh, he believes that he was uh, turned into a vampire. But I also forgot to add that the time before that, when he was fucking around with another girl that he brought home, a bat flew into his apartment and he got turned on. Really turned on. That was a very important thing that I should have said before. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) All right. So first impression on the movie. Um, Did you like it? I... Oh, I was having a hard time with it. I cuz I liked it, but then I was like when I realized that he was just really going through a psychotic break like he was having like a serious health issue. I was like, "Oh, I kind of feel bad that nobody's helping him and he's just kind of going around and like really fucking shit up uh, and embarrassing the hell out of himself." <laughs> but uh yeah, I did love the faces, and I just loved the way he acted in it, honestly. I actually enjoyed his performance. That was the best part of the movie. I think this is by far my favorite Nick Cage movie that we've watched so far, and it is probably going to be at least on my top three, because we have never, like, this is iconic Cage, him doing the extremes as far as acting goes like the extreme emotion the extreme movements the extreme faces the extreme like persona that he is trying to embody like it is just all out insane literally (laughs) and i know at first i was like i i just love this movie just because it is so like like fucking crazy but then i like i started like googling like oh fun facts about vampires kiss and then i started seeing articles why this is not something to make fun of and i was like i wasn't i didn't get into any of that 
I mean, like, I think it's a fucking funny movie, but yeah. <laughs> what bothers me, I think, is just how long he was talking to that wall, how long they let him stand there and talk to the wall, like, <sighs> yeah. it's like, really, right. nobody's gonna, like, call somebody. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, so I guess... To start from the beginning, so yeah, as you said, he is kind of this pretentious, like, literary businessman who sleeps around with women, and all of a sudden there's a bat in his apartment, and he gets, <laughs> he gets sexually aroused. Yeah. Yep, and, you know, he brings it up with his um, psychiatrist, and she's like, oh, <laughs> okay, let's talk about this next week. Yeah, totally wasn't prepared to handle that one. Exactly. And so then, um, you know, he ends up getting bit by this woman that he perceives as a vampire. And he starts to kind of transform and get, you know, progressively more, like, irritated and starting to kind of take on some of these vampire-like mannerisms. And so, like, one of the things that he is just gets so fed up with is at his job, he is, uh, he has um, assistants that work under him. And so he was looking for this contract, this, like, really old contract um, for one of his clients. And, like, they couldn't find it because, you know, they have, like, thousands and thousands of of contracts and he kept asking and it's all paper because you know there's no computers in the 80s at this point and so like they have to go through every single file by hand to find this one document that may have been misfiled so yes Yes. and so like one of the the things is um his one of his direct assistants her name is alva alva and he's like you know oh my god it was it was horrible to watch, but like so he you know he's like Alva, I need you to get on this, and then like every single day as he started to get worse, so does his obsession with making sure that Alva found this contract. Like you know he would make her stay after hours. He would show up at her house. Like he would chase her down the hall. Like he literally did everything. To try to make this woman try to, get, you know, get the contract. And it was just so quid pro quo, <laughs> you know, kind of like very much harassing her and threatening her job and her, you know, her ability to, you know, have a safe and secure mm-hmm. job. Um, and so, yeah, he just that was one thing that he started to get very latched on to and so throughout the movie it kind of shows him getting more and more crazy about this contract even though when we in reality we know that the the client was like yeah just get to it whenever like you don't have mm-hmm. to that it wasn't no actually a priority that the client wasn't yes. going to drop the firm that uh it wasn't a big deal anyways in the end really because he threatened to fire her if she didn't find it by the end of the week and then come monday she doesn't show up for work and that's when he goes to her house mm-hmm. yeah and he like he kind of takes on almost like this bipolar mannerism with her where he's like you know when he goes to his house he's like oh i'm so sorry i treated you like this i was like 
as on drugs, like mm-hmm. I, this is me like offering you like, you know, the white flag, like come back to work. I don't want you to feel, um, you know, I don't want you to feel like you can't be in this work environment. And then literally like they get a taxi back and he's like, yeah, you know what you're going to do when you get back to work? You're going to go find that fucking contract. <laughs> and he throws and, up in the taxi. Ugh. Yeah. And she's still like stays in the taxi with them and the taxi driver like doesn't get pissed off i would be freaking the fuck out because that's disgusting first of all but uh then she asks him to stop at like a gas station shop where her brother works and she tries to get bullets for her gun and her brother won't give her the bullets but he gives her blanks anyways um at her request she knows she's getting blanks and Mm -hmm. Uh, oh, and then she goes back to work with him. Like, yeah, so what happened was he, he coached her back to find it, and she finds the contract. And one of my favorite oh. parts in this, he started going, like, he's like, no, it's too late. Like, doesn't matter now that you found it. Like, it's too late. And then he just starts, like, coming at her in this very, like, sinister way. And he goes, uh. <laughs> He starts oh. whipping his head back and forth. Oh, God, One. I hated that. But the reason... <laughs> okay, so, so the reason I crazy. really hated that scene is because one of my, like, biggest anxiety fears is being chased. You know, like, I have nightmares oh. of being chased. And there's... Oh, my uh, God. When I play um, Crash Bandicoot Warped, <laughs> when I play that game, there's, like, certain levels where you're being chased by a dinosaur, and... Yeah. It's it's in it's the camera angles in such a way where you have to run towards yourself on screen where and you can see the dinosaur chasing you. Ah. Um so you can't really see the obstacles that are up ahead of you and you know, you, you do learn like where they are so you get yeah. better at it. But like it's it's like my palms get sweaty thinking <laughs> about it. <laughs> I fucking hate yes. being chased. Yes, this was definitely, like, making a nightmare come true because this guy's acting psychotic. It's late at night, and she did what she was supposed to, and he's still, like, you know, like, pretending like it's wrong. And so, yeah, ultimately, he ends up chasing her, and um, they get kind of into, like, the parking garage, and she pulls out the gun with the blanks, and she's like, get back, I'll shoot you. And she, like, shoots, like, knowing that they're blanks. And he's like, come on, just shoot me already. I want to die because, like, he's suffering at his, like, because he's kind of going crazy in this, like, vampire state. And then um, she kind of, like, throws the gun down and he gets a hold of it. And he puts it in his mouth and he starts shooting himself. But obviously, because they're blanks, like, they're not doing anything. But he takes it as, like oh shit i'm immortal uh, he thinks it's proof but my favorite line um is right after that when he yells boo-hoo that's my favorite <laughs> fucking part yeah yeah that was pretty good i know i saw that too i was like oh my god i'm a vampire a real vampire yeah and so like after he, um, you know, thinks that he's a vampire, then he starts thinking, like, all right, I got to start acting a little bit more like a vampire and kind of, like, feed into this. And so then he starts, like, he goes and he, like, buys vampire teeth. 
and you know just like the cheap plastic ones and he's just like wearing them in his mouth like walking around town um he starts like you know going to sleep during the day and coming out at night and then this is kind of leads to one of the big scenes where he um goes into a nightclub and he's he's like acting like uh, yeah gotta eat and you know, oh, yeah. since I'm a vampire. And he's, I mean, like, Nosferatuing, like, around in the club <laughs> yeah. with his, like, hands and his, like, face and the... Oh, God. Oh, my God. It was, it was so funny to watch just because he looks so stupid. <laughs> and, like, no one was acknowledging him acting so weird. He was just, like, being so creepy. And so then, yeah, he's, like... Okay, got to get some blood. And so he finds this woman and ultimately ends up killing her, trying to suck her blood. But, you know, he's uh, he's not really a vampire. So mm-hmm. he ends up just, like, getting sick. Yeah, yeah he throws up again. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep, a lot, of, a lot of throwing up. And, like, kind of also in that stage, too, because, like, his relationship with this woman that he, like, perceives as a vampire is, like, you know, he... He's kind of like her token and like she he's the love of her life and like, you know, that they are just kind of this dynamic duo. And so like he kind of builds this dependence on her. Um, and then ultimately in the club, she, you know, he sees her and uh, she ends up being with another guy and um she's like yeah this isn't this isn't gonna work anymore because she sees him kind of in his pathetic state and she's like yeah sorry got a new bf and (laughs) so then that kind of just piles on to his like manic state where he's like well well now i don't have my vampire girlfriend and so then um he ends up leaving the nightclub and, you know, you know, and also at this point, no one's saying anything. This guy is like, obviously, like very disheveled. His hair is all blood. a mess. Yeah, he's covered in blood. He has fake vampire teeth in. he's walking funny. No one like <laughs> no I mean, one says yeah, anything. I'm, I'm surprised like nobody like calls the police or anything like at least yeah. like throw him in a drunk tank or something. I mean, at the very least. Yes. Nobody exactly. does anything. But, I mean, I guess that is, because I think it's based in New York, and I think mm-hmm. from what I know about New York, when things, when odd things happen, people just tend to mind their business. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess from that sense, maybe, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, it just act, seemed very strange. So, um, it was somewhere on the internet I read that uh, the scene, yeah. And maybe it's not true, now that I'm thinking about it. But the scene where he's walking around in the city, um, like, the people that he interacts with, like, those were just real people in the city who didn't know they were, like, being no way recorded for the movie, which I find hard to believe that they could legally do that. But maybe. I don't know. But that's what I, I read, that when he was, like, walking around trying to get people to, like, when he was like, I'm a vampire. Kill me. Kill me. Yeah. Yeah. Those are real people, apparently. Yeah. Because then you'd think that you would have to, like, get their consent to be in the Uh movie or, like, blur out their face or something. Maybe they did, like, after they shot it. Because I guess, like, they shot it from a far enough distance that, like, you know, Mm. it didn't look like they were filming on a set or anything. 
So maybe they got the permission afterwards, or maybe it was all bullshit. Yeah. Never know. We'll never know. Um, Yeah. And so then kind of, I guess at this date, (laughs) you know, he left the club feeling like shit. And then on top of that, the sun comes out. And he's like, oh, my God. Like, I can't be in the sun. Uh And so, you know, he's just like in this ultimate state of suffering, which is kind of where you feel like, you know, when you start to feel very bad for him. And then you start seeing him talking to this wall and then it's flashing to him talking to his psychiatrist and so then you kind of start to question okay how much of this is real and how much of this has just been in his head the whole time Mm -hmm. um and his yeah his psychiatrist in his mind introduces him to um her other patient who is just like him and is perfect for him and her name's Sharon. Yeah. And he goes home with Sharon in his mind talking to no, no one the whole way home. And by the time they get to his doorstep, they're fighting in his mind. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Alva and her brother, in all this time while Nick's been away from the apartment, they've been waiting outside of his apartment for him to come home. And Alva's brother had like a bat. No, he had a tire iron. Tire yeah. iron. Fucking Christ. I can't say tire <laughs> iron. <laughs> iron. It sounds like you said tired Aaron. <laughs> I am tired. I was like, that's uh, you. <laughs> yeah. He had, he had me in his grip. Ready to throw me through the window. But, yeah. So he had a tire iron. And, uh, <laughs> broke, broke into the apartment to go after... Nick, who is now at this point underneath his um, bed, or underneath his couch coffin that he made <laughs> in his, <laughs> his living room. coffin. Yeah. yeah. And so Elva's brother throws up the couch coffin, and uh, Peter, Nick, throw- has his big wooden stake or whatever piece of wood that he tore from a fence or something. I don't know where the fuck he got it. He has, I don't like, know a piece of wood somewhere. And he yep. puts it up on his chest uh, or in his stomach or whatever, and uh, Elva's brother just assists and just kind of stabs it right through him and uh, leaves. So what I want to know is, was his job, was Alva, was Alva's brother, was any of that real? Yeah, well, yeah. Okay, so the job was real his her brother was real those are all real people for sure the um, the psychiatrist though was she psychiatrist real? was real but when he was talking to her at the very end in his mind she wasn't real because he calls her to make an appointment an early morning appointment presumably it's mm-hmm. the morning that he's talking to the wall um but he actually does i believe have a psychiatrist IRL. Okay. But that one Okay. I mean he might not though. That one is that one can never really fully be affirmed. It could. I mean we see her and in you... her apartment like with her boyfriend or whatever. So that leads to like a real person. Yeah. But like I guess what got me was like when, you know, the stake was shoved through his heart or whatever and there was kind of just like this zooming out scene and then like the Alva's brother wasn't there, and uh, I mean, maybe he already ditched at that point. But mm-hmm. also, I guess it kind of has you thinking: like, did he just do that to himself because he was in such 
misery. I don't think he he would have. I don't think he could physically kill like put it through him, him his body himself. Because mm. I, I mean, that's... he was carrying around that stake, wanting to die for how long? <laughs> I know. Too, so <laughs> I mean, he and he well, he did try to kill himself, so it's not like he couldn't do it if he really wanted to. I mean, he really, I guess he could have put put it against a wall and like yeah. Run into his it. body <laughs> <laughs> super hard, or like threw his body yeah. down on it, or something like that. He probably, if he would have tried hard enough, he probably get it on it. For yeah, sure. yeah. He just, he just yeah. wasn't being a creative thinker. <laughs> no, but at the angle, like laying down, I don't see him being able to actually, like, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a lot of force, and I don't think his yeah. arms reached the end. But uh, mm. yeah, Alva was a real was real because all of Nick's bosses were talking about her and how hilarious it was when he was chasing her through the office. Oh, yeah. Or all his colleagues Oh, my or God. Yeah, that was... Yeah. I, that's where I, I started rolling my eyes. I was like, oh, what a bunch of cocksuckers. I know. I mean, like, I know. has much changed. <laughs> I know. For yeah. real, though. So, yeah, I thought that... Um, I really like this movie just because of... If you want to see Nick Cage go extreme, oh my God. this is the movie. Yeah. This is the movie to watch him go all out. And I think that no one else could have done what Nick Cage did in this film. And I saw that mm-hmm. there were other actors that were like considered for his role. I, I saw a little bit of that. Um, but they... I think they ended up going with Nick because he was so passionate about it. Like, he was actually really interested in it. Because he, he wanted to be in it, and then he turned it down because he got psyched out by his, um, like, agents and people and whatever. Because uh, they were telling him it was a bad career move, but he guess he couldn't stop thinking about it. <laughs> um, so he really, really wanted to do it. Uh, and then he did it, and I saw... Um, thing that said that they only paid him 40 grand for it and he used all that money to buy his first sports car oh so you know already making great financial decisions yes as we learn about him later in life how how irresponsible he is with his money um yeah i i felt like this was the movie that he was looking to do in um you know because this is kind of more of like that edgy movie that he was kind Mm -hmm. of craving whereas like you know some of the other ones were like his um you know francis ford coppola like beg him to be in he was just kind of like this isn't really my style like i guess but like this genre was something that he was really into and so i feel like that's part of the reason why he did so well was because this is like what he wanted Mm mm-hmm I I think this was a good role for him, and I wish that he did more things like this, but I'm guessing that he yes. doesn't. I agree, because I, um, I'm trying to see, because I looked up fun facts, and I was trying to see some of the other actors that were considered for this role, but I was like, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> I saw something that said Dennis Quaid was like, Ew, really? I know. I was like, <laughs> I don't fucking believe that for a second. I do oh, not believe that Dennis Quaid no. would ever be considered for that. But I did see that Judd Nelson had considered it, but mm-hmm. his his 
agents had told him it was also a bad career move. So he did not do it. <laughs> okay, so here's the, the it's apparently, and I don't know, this is just on like the IMDB mm-hmm. like trivia. It says that Sylvester Stallone, John Travolta, and Arnold Schwarzenegger were all considered for this role, which Ooh, to shit. me... those are all like macho men like how the fuck would that make sense no i think that's just like people you know like when they're sitting in the room going like who should we consider to play this like maybe this guy maybe this guy maybe this guy you know no serious like uh, um recommendations there but one thing i wanted to bring up is the scene uh when he was chasing the pigeons trying to catch one (laughs) I wrote. Oh my god! <laughs> I was like, "Cause like, he had all that training from Birdie." <laughs> yes. Oh my god! I literally like wrote the exact same thing in my notes. I was like, "Yep, this is bringing back his Birdie experience." Uh-huh. But I also read that they had to drug the pigeons so <laughs> that Nick Cage could catch. actually catch it. <laughs> yes because yeah when he you know starts going to in his vampire shit he's like i need to eat something and before he decides Mm -hmm. it's a human he's gonna eat an animal and yeah so it ends up being a pigeon but yeah he's just chasing around a pigeon and it was just so funny to reconnect that with birdie made me so happy Uh, yeah (laughs) holy shit oh there was also another scene where he um ate a live cockroach Mm -hmm. yep yep and Apparently, it was totally, um, that scene was totally a Nick Cage idea, and he's the one that wanted to do it, and I guess they had to try it, like, three different times before he actually was able to do it, and after he did it, he's like, yep, wish I wouldn't have wanted to do that. (laughs) But yeah, it was live, and I guess it got a lot of um, pushback from animal rights activists and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um. So, the reason, I guess, that he wanted to eat the cockroaches is because it's the thing that he hated most in the world. He wanted to conquer his own fear by eating the cockroach. Yeah, because I was kind of thinking, like, what does this have to do with being a vampire? Yeah. Oh, well, actually, there's, I mean, there's some relevance. Like, uh, did you ever read Dracula? You've seen the movie, one of the movies, Mm -hmm. any of the movies? I don't know. There's a character um, named Renfield who's um he's for lack of a better word crazy but he's a Mm -hmm. he's a character who is crazy and in a cell and he um eats like cockroaches and bugs and stuff in the cell Hmm. and so it was like an homage to that character from dracula a vampire movie also like the nosferatu and yes you know like those other guys yeah that makes sense then Mm -hmm. Um, I guess if you got to be any type of mythical creature, what would you be? Hmm. That's a good question. I know. I gotta think of my answer. Uh-huh. <laughs> I want to be something fucking creepy. Oof. I want to be something really creepy. What mythical creature am I? Is that that's what I'm speed? Do. Yes. <laughs> there is. Oh my god, what one are you gonna do? The, uh, the first one, the uh, yeah, I December sixteenth. 
Okay, me too. Yep, yep. That's the one. God, how long is this? Uh, oh, stupid. So what did, did you I? get? A unicorn. <laughs> I got a centaur. <laughs> We're both horses. Fuck. Oh, horses. I fucking hate horses. What does yours say? Uh, mine says... <laughs> You magical, perfect creature. You have a pure heart and you oh always see the God. best in people. Which is a bold lie. Yeah. That is a fucking yeah. lie. I what the fuck don't did see you that at all. to get that? Yeah. You value the simplest pleasures in life and you're an eternal optimist. <laughs> uh-huh. That is so wrong. I know. Uh, okay, well, the rest might be slightly more on point says you're protective okay. to those close to you but you avoid conflict yeah. at all costs nice. you do you do best in small crowds and one-on-one situations and when you trust someone you trust them entirely so i can agree oh. with the end of that yes. but the rest the remainder fuck off. yeah okay so mine says you're a creature of two worlds you enjoy the luxury of human comfort but your true home is in the woods you're active and good in groups and have little patience for people who disagree with your opinions. Ooh, that's wow. true. This is very <laughs> tr- This is all a little too true, if I'm going to be says, honest. It says, you know how to put yourself on the winning side of any situation and you have no problem with subtly <laughs> manipulating situations to your advantage, <laughs> which makes you a powerful ally. Okay. All right. I feel it. <laughs> yeah, that one actually called you out pretty hard. Yeah, just wish it was something cooler. I well, know. I'm, I'm glad that we're at least both in the... We're both ungulates or whatever. Ungulates. Yeah, yeah, so we can still hang. <laughs> yeah, and also... Mine's kind of a gay icon, so I guess it works. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. It's perfect. I love it. What did you... Okay, so one of the um, questions was describe yourself in one word. What did you put for your word? Oh, damn it. I didn't see irritable. Uh, I would have put that. Evasive. I never I, want I, to answer anybody's questions straightforward. I, I I was definitely thinking that one. I put persistent as mine. But <laughs> damn it, I should have put irritable. That one would have been a better one. Yeah. Um, is there any other um, things that we can do with this? No, but we still got to talk about the next thing we're watching. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, yeah. Our next one is Never on a Tuesday, uh, which I am... I mean, I'm sure some people don't think this Sigh. one would be worth watching because it is said that Nick Cage has a very small part in this movie. But oh, we are going to no. watch it. We're going to watch the whole thing. So the little IMDb uh, two-sentence thing says, After their cars collide on a desert highway in the middle of nowhere, two friends and a woman they both like must wait for someone to pass by and help them. Unfortunately, those who do stop turn out to be criminals, eccentrics, or wackos. And Nick Cage has got to be one of those eccentrics or wackos, for sure. I was going to say, yeah, he's definitely eccentric or wacko. It looks like this movie only has 4.5 out of 10 stars on IMDb. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oof. Uh, Yep, Nick Cage is uncredited in this one also. Oh, damn. So he must have a very minor role. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. it does look like it's described as a comedy and a drama, and it's rated R. Woo! 
Is there any other big names in this that we know? Charlie Sheen, Judd Nelson, Emilio Estevez. So both the Estevezes because Charlie Sheen and Emilio are bros. Mm -hmm. Um, And it looks like that's actually probably the the biggest names we're going to see. Oh, Carrie Elwes. He uh, is in The Princess Bride. He's um, uh, Wesley. Oh, you know what's weird, too, is all these big names... They're all uncredited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Weird. I think they're supposed to be, like, cameos, maybe, or something in the uh, in it. Or maybe it just turned out to be so bad that they didn't want their names to be associated <laughs> with it. Uh-oh. What are we going to watch next week? Some shit. But that's all right. That's what it's we signed up YouTube for. on YouTube for free. So. Yay. Good. All right. Well, looking forward to it. I feel mm-hmm. like I know it's already going to be a disappointment compared to Vampire's Kiss just because I love Vampire's Kiss so much. But. Am I getting through to you, Alva? You got a closing for us? Yeah. And it's not that good, but I don't. I don't know. Hmm. Let's see. Ugh, it's all right. It's bad. It's just. Oh, God. I hate it. All it says is, sun's coming up, so time to hit the coffin. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, just drive a stake through my heart. That's so fucking bad. 